Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today, myself and JJ, as we do almost every Sunday, we are going to sit down and watch the Fight Night card main evented in the UFC by Holly Holm up against Ketlin Vieira in women's bantamweight action. And that should actually be a really intriguing main event. Now, we're going to give our thoughts and comments on the main card and we'll go through the prelims action pretty quickly as well. We're just about to get into the second fight on the main card. So, Maybe after this fight, we'll just touch on some of the prelims action. I actually stayed up quite late, so I saw little bits and pieces. I kind of woke up and put it on my phone and was listening, so I didn't truly follow, but got an idea of a couple of fights. I know JJ watched a couple of fights in full as well. So shortly, we will jump into the prelims action, some thoughts and comments on that, but we've just come off the opener for this main card, Junyong Park getting a very close decision win over Eric Anders. And yeah, the Korean, very, very happy with his win. I actually took him by knockout. I thought he would be able to get it done, but that was a bit of a risky one. Jun Young Park getting it done by decision over Eric Anders. Not a heap to report on with that fight. Like it was nothing that jumped off the screen. It's like, yeah, damn, I need to talk about this, this, this. But ultimately it was a very close fight. I thought Eric Anders... Did quite well. He could have probably won. But Jun Yong Park, yeah, he just did enough to win. Uh, third round probably to Anders. But yeah, ultimately Jun Yong Park getting a very, very important win. And the Iron Turtle getting some momentum inside the middleweight division. 11 wins from his last 13 fights. So Jun Yong Park, really, really good effort from him. And now we head into women's strawweight action where we've got Pollyanna Viana up against Tabitha Ricci. I've taken Ricci by decision, but look, I I think Pollyanna Viana is a real chance here. She has finished all 12 of her wins, eight of 12 wins coming by submission with four knockouts as well. So Pollyanna Viana, she is truly uh, quite a good prospect. I think if she wins here, then all of a sudden she is definitely gonna be one to watch. I've been a fan of Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci, not so much the nickname, but her as a fighter, definitely. So I've been a fan of Ricci's, been following her for a little bit. Uh, and I, yeah, hopefully she can get the win here. But definitely tough competition up against Pollyanna Viana. Viana having a 12 and 4 record, with Ricci having a 6 and 1 record. Both women are Brazilian as well, which if you've heard JJ's theory before, uh, usually if he's unsure on which way to go in a women's fight, he'll go with the Brazilian. So yeah, a bit of a head scratcher for JJ here as to which way he's going to go. I'm taking Ricci by decision though. Um, and yeah, maybe I'll just quickly get JJ's thoughts on the opening middleweight clash and some thoughts going into this one. Yeah, didn't catch all of the middleweight clash. I was out doing a little breakfast run there, but it looked like a pretty even contest. Wasn't sure who was going to get their hand raised there. And this one, uh, I can only go on based on the walkouts, but Ricci maybe looks slightly more fierce. I don't know. That's not really a, 
a, a uh, sound strategy to go on, the fierceness strategy. But um, yeah, as you say, both Brazilians, so they'll definitely have some skills. We'll see how this one plays out. All right, we are heading to decision. Tabitha Ricci, Poliana Viana. Uh, look, that was a that was a quality contest. I think Tabitha Ricci just had the better of the grappling exchanges. Poliana, as always, very active, trying to just keep working throughout the fight, which could work in her favor. She was chasing the finish, but Tabitha Ricci had an answer for everything Poliana Viana threw at her. And as predicted, I think Tabitha Ricci's got the decision win here, but. We'll tune in for the decision and then we'll get JJ's thoughts on the fight. But I think Tabitha Ricci has done enough to get it done. Yeah, Ricci gets her hand raised there. She was definitely the more proactive throughout the fight. Viana was looking to counterattack a lot of the time. Um, and in the end, she didn't really push the pace herself right at the end there. So Ricci got the takedown that probably sealed it. So good performance from Ricci and it will be interesting to see who she takes on next. Okay, well, up next, this is one, probably the one I'm most excited for on this card. The co-main event's going to be a lot of fun as well, but middleweight action up next, Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, I mean, fuck, the nickname is so apt. If you saw his UFC debut, you would have seen him blitz Marc-Andre Barriolt in 16 seconds it took for Chitty to get the knockout. And Marc-Andre is actually very, very durable. This is not a can. This is a guy who's proven at UFC level that he is a hard man to knock out. Chidi did it in 16 seconds. A remarkable debut coming off his contender series win where he earned a contract. And he's 33. He's in the prime of his career. Uh, I believe he's like 33. Uh, don't fact check me on that. I'm pretty sure that's how old he is. Uh, but he's experienced. He's a veteran. He's fought high level of competition outside of the UFC as well. He's fought Andre Fialo. He's fought Max Payne Griffin. So he's actually really worked hard. He's been someone who just couldn't quite find his way into the UFC. But now that he has, it seems like he's primed and ready to make a run. He's going to be taking on Dusko Todorovic, who is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu and taekwondo black belt. Very, very high level opponent. But yeah, I really like Chitty in Jokowani in this one. Middleweight contests, look, it's hard to tell sometimes. They're a grinding affair that go the full 15 minutes. But usually the big men, they look for the finish. Uh, we did just see a middleweight main card opener that went to decision. But Chitty and Jokowani, 13 wins by knockout, 21 wins overall. And yeah, I really, really like Chitty and Jokowani. He is definitely on my one to watch list. So. That is why I was especially keen to tune in and watch this fight. And there's room at middleweight for some contenders to emerge, most definitely. One of the guys I really like is Andre Muniz, who he's just been announced to fight Uriah Hall in what should be a great fight. And yeah, middleweight definitely starting to take off now. You've got Alex Pereira, who's he's coming for Israel Adesanya, no doubt. Someone like Bruno Silva, who just lost to Pereira. He's been quality as well, but... I mean, ultimately, today, I'm just so keen to see Chitty and Jokowani. I believe he's going to get the knockout finish. If I had to pick as well, I'd say round one. But Dusko Todorovic definitely going to have some skills and going to have a game plan as to how he can stop Chitty. But yeah, just after that debut from Chitty and Jokowani, I mean, he just forced everyone to stop and take notice. Actually, when I saw him win on Contender Series 
from that moment, I was like, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for this guy because he has that experience. He has fought very high level of competition outside of the UFC. And yeah, I, not even I, well, not even I, I'm not like a genius, but uh, I definitely couldn't have picked the 16 second knockout and for it to go down the way that it did. Uh, today, I've got to go Chitty by knockout. I'm very excited about this guy's prospects. Dusko Todorovic, if he wins, well then all that hype transfers over to him. He becomes one of the names to watch at middleweight. So as we near closer to the main event and co-main event, this is one hell of a fight. This is honestly my main event with all due respect to the fights after this. But this is the one I am really keen to see. Chitty and Jokowani. I believe he's one to watch in the middleweight division. Going to be a really exciting first five minutes. So going to tune in for this one now. Chitty and Jokowani up against Dusko Todorovic. Holy crap is right, DC. Holy crap. Ah, uh, wow. Chidi and Jokowani with a knockout just as impressive as his first. Uh, wow. That one, Todorovic, look, he looked to utilize the grappling. Actually did really well, but started to tire himself out. And once Chidi got it standing in that last kind of minute, he just hit some really nasty body shots, did well to temper it, and then, oh, fucking hell, like a forearm slash elbow directly to the face, clean landing flush, puts him out cold in the first round. I mean, that was just the one massive hit. Referee didn't need to see anything else to call it there. Ah, oh, Chidi and Jokowani, this is why. This is why he is one of the ones to watch at middleweight. And look, he was in a position, a compromising position. Looked to go for that submission early. But uh, Dushko Todorovic, he managed to get out of it. He took control in the wrestling, did Todorovic. Chidi just managed to temper that. Hang in there, hang in there. And as soon as he got it to the feet, this guy is a lethal weapon. I can think of a hell of a lot of matchups at middleweight I'd love to see. Potentially we see Chidi and Jokowani against Bruno Blindado Silva, who's coming off that decision loss against Alex Pereira. Uh, that's one I'd love to see. I don't know whether Bruno Silva already has another fight lined up, but Chidi in Jokowani. This guy is the real deal. About to hear from him in the interview as well. And then I'm going to get JJ's thoughts, but my thoughts very clear. We have a definite one to watch in the middleweight division. And I don't even know if we call him a prospect because he's experienced. He's been around the block. He's almost past prospect level. And now he's adding a couple of names to his resume before he makes a big run in the UFC. So we definitely have a superstar on our hands. Chitty Bang Bang. They don't call him that for no reason. That was, I mean, it wasn't as quick as the first or as brutal, I guess. But like, it was brutal in its own way. It just took one this time and equally as impressive. So this guy definitely rising very fast inside the UFC. And if you didn't know who Chidi and Jokowani was before this, you sure as hell know who he is now. Dushko Todorovic, credit to him. He's a very quality fighter. And Chidi is just making these guys look second rate up against him. So this guy, most definitely the real deal. Gonna tune in for the interview and then we'll get JJ's thoughts and comments. Wow, absolutely epic knockout from Chidi Bang Bang. Yeah, he did well uh, to defend a bit of the wrestling that came out from Todorovic at the start of the round there. But yeah, once it was on the feet, 
They're in the clinch there and an absolutely picture-perfect elbow from the clinch landing flush on the temple and he didn't have to even have to throw another strike after that. Dushko just crumpled. Um, yeah, as you say, Mick, I, rising extremely fast as Chidi and I could definitely see him in a year or two maybe contending for a title perhaps. I don't know, maybe that's too early to say, but you can clearly see he's got experience in the ring and he knows how to take down... Um, takedown opponents so we'll see where he ends up all right so we've got the co-main event and main event to come but firstly jj we'll jump into the prelims uh just some quick thoughts on that up first oh, i didn't realize at least reed actually got knocked out so yeah i stayed up to about 2 a.m i set an alarm for 6 a.m which was when this started australian time uh i had my money on elise reed by decision and I, what I saw was Sam Hughes was just dominating, so I think I ended up just shutting my eyes again, and I did not see that Elise Reed ended up getting knocked out toward the end of the last round. So, JJ, I believe you saw bits of that? Yeah, I actually did catch this one. Um, Hughes was absolutely dominant in this fight, and eventually, yeah, she was just on top, and she was ground and pounding, and uh, they had to call it there, but Reed really wasn't in with a shot here. Hughes looked a class above in this one. And then the next one, we jumped on to a pretty interesting bout. Did you see this one? Hooper versus... I didn't. I saw the very end. This is one where I kind of opened my eyes and had a check and saw that, yeah, I, I went for Felipe Colares in this one and Chase Hooper, both of them Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts. So I thought this one was going to go the distance. It very nearly did, but around three uh, TKO finish. So that was what I did see. I did see the finish and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, oh, and two to start the day, but you saw the finish. What did you make of that one? Yeah, I saw most of this fight, actually. Um, on the eye test, when they walked out, like, Cooper looked like maybe a bit of a pushover, and then Kolaris, but this was just the visual. As soon as they came out, Hooper was pretty dominant. Uh, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, like you said, so he was re- that was really on show. He was constantly trying to look for the finish, constantly squirming and all over Kolaris for pretty much the majority of the fight. And then eventually he did just overwhelm him. And uh, there was some ground and pound actually. And then uh, basically the ref just called it because uh, Kolaris had had like a lot of accumulated damage from or damage and just being tired out from cons. Basically Hooper was just working absolutely nonstop. So definitely caught my eye because I was like, wow, this kid just looks like a skinny kid, but he's definitely got the skills for sure. And then up next, bantamweight action. We had... This is my first pick of the day, correct? I had Jonathan Martinez winning by decision over Vince Morales. Vince Morales definitely was a chance to get a knockout finish. He can do that from time to time, but Jonathan Martinez seems to be warming really nicely to the big stage of the UFC. Uh, From this point, I actually think until the main card, I I was asleep. So unfortunate because there was a heavyweight fight that I really did want to see. So a couple that I will go back and watch. Uh, did you see the Martinez-Vince Morales one? I actually did see this one. It was a pretty interesting fight. Um, Martinez clearly had a game plan. They were talking a lot about his gym uh, X project or X Factor. You have project to, X. Project X, Something I think. Like it, yeah, sorry, you have to double check me on that one. But basically, yeah, Martinez had a game plan, which was to keep him kind of at, uh, Morales kind of at range. And he chopped the leg a lot. That was the key theme of like the first two rounds. And once he'd kind of hampered Morales... Morales was trying to step in and strike, but couldn't really land anything. And went with the leg kind of chopped, he um, Martinez basically basically just counterattacked towards the 
as the fight progressed and especially in the third round he was kind of just counter-attacking and making sure he didn't get uh caught by anything that Morales threw and unfortunately Morales really couldn't land many significant strikes he did land some but yeah it was just basically a a, a game plan and execution outclass from Martinez um it was a good fight though it was they were both they both switched uh, stand switching fighters so it was interesting to see the kind of chess match of like Morales switching trying to get in um not late not leaving that leg open to be kicked um because he was uh Martinez was really focusing on that so yeah but Martinez should um, be up against a ranked opponent next I'd imagine so yeah he's rising pretty quickly in a stacked bantamweight division after that, we had lightweight action. I did not see this. Euros uh, Medic. I actually picked Omar Morales to get it done by decision, but Euros Medic getting it done with the round two knockout. Did you see that one? I didn't, unfortunately. Didn't see that one? Oh, yeah, we'll go back and have a uh, look. There were three uh, finishes from this point onwards on the prelims, so we'll go back and definitely have a look at that. But Euros Medic definitely in need of a win there, so that was a big result for him over Omar Morales. And then the one I'm definitely going to go back and watch was upset I missed this. Jailton Almeida in his second UFC fight. Usually he's a light heavyweight. His original fight was scrapped. He said, just give me someone. He's stepping up to heavyweight just for this fight. Took on Parker Porter, who had actually made some kind of a run. But in my opinion, I kind of have a pyramid of heavyweights. I have the elite. Then I have the guys who are like ranked and potential contenders. Uh, and then under that, there's like this mid-range kind of area. I think of guys like Jared Vandera, Parker Porter, um, Jake Collier. And then like the guys, like usually the test to get up to that next level is you've got to beat someone like Andre Arlovsky or Alexei Olenek, uh, one of the veterans. But I just had Parker Porter in that level below the contenders. So if there's probably four levels to the heavyweights, I'd have him in level three, teetering on level two. But... Yeah, I, I had Jailton Almeida. He just is insanely talented, mad fight finisher, and he got the submission at the end of the first round, so very keen to see how that played out. Parker Porter had usually been going the distance as of late, but Almeida is a genuine fight finisher, so he is one to watch. As I was saying, Chidi and Jokawani, a massive one to watch. Well, Jailton Almeida is well, definitely one to watch. And then in the featured prelim, it only took one minute and four seconds for Joseph Holmes to get the submission win over Alan Amadovsky. Uh, I had Joseph Holmes winning by knockout. He ended up getting it done by submission. And look, I didn't see that one, but Amadovsky, he's known for coming out and like finishing a fight under 30 seconds, going for that big knockout. Hasn't been active for the last couple of years. And Joseph Holmes coming off a really disappointing loss against Jamie Nightwolf Pickett. Uh, I actually had Holmes there, and yeah, he was really disappointing. Bounced back in a big way here with a round one submission win. So Joseph Holmes, I'm not going to slap the one to watch tag on him right yet, but definitely he's he's staying active, and I'm sure we'll see him again soon. So very quality prelim. Looks like there could be a few bonus contenders. I'd say uh, Chitty definitely gets a bonus check. I haven't seen the Almeida one, but I'd assume that would be good. Same with the Joseph Holmes one. Uh, and then, of course, just recapping what we've seen on the main card. Junyong Park getting the win in middleweight action. A decision and one that was a pretty close fight. Then Tabitha Ricci, she had enough to get it done over Pollyanna Viana. 
I believe the difference and the discrepancy of belts in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu definitely played a factor with Tabitha Ricci having a black belt and Viana only having a brown belt. Uh, only having, I have a white belt. Um, now, Chidi and Jokowani talked about that, could not be more pumped about that. Huge knockout win. He's absolutely one to watch. And now we have two fights left. So, of course, we have the women's bantamweight main event, five rounds between former champion Holly Holm. Of course, the knockout where she kicked Ronda Rousey in the head and knocked her out. That was in Melbourne, Australia. That was right here in Melbourne. I remember I was at a uh, day party event and I just checked my phone and I was like, what? It's just the picture. Oh, holy shit. Okay, damn. Uh, so yeah, that that's massive. Ketlin Vieira as well. She is in a bit of a purple patch of form. She's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I always take that very seriously, even though she is the underdog. She's coming off the win against Misha Tate in a main event as well. Uh, but first of all, let's get to what is going to be a fight of the night contender welterweight action between the number 14 ranked welterweight Santiago Ponzinibbio representing Argentina. He is massive in South America. I know he's like a pretty big name here uh, in Australia and like America, but like he is genuinely a massive, massive star in the country of Argentina and around South America. So all of his fights are really big deal in that region, which is something maybe we don't think about. And he's got 14 first round finishes. He's finished 21 of his 29 wins with 15 knockouts, six submissions. This guy, I mean, I think if he gets the win here, it is going to be a finish. I think it's going to be a knockout. But his opponent, uh, I don't know if he's like one I'd say is one to watch. He's definitely one to watch fight though. That's Demolidor, Michelle Pereira with that capoeira style. If you've listened to my podcast before, you know that I am a massive fan of this guy. He's incredibly exciting to watch. He's also got a bit of an age advantage, I guess, given that he's seven years younger than Ponzinibbio. And look, a spot in the rankings is up for grabs here. So the biggest fight of Michelle Pereira's career to date, taking on Santiago Ponzinibbio. I've actually gone with Michelle Pereira because I'm a massive fan. I'm taking Pereira by decision, but this is going to be close. We've seen Ponzinibbio when he had the win over Miguel Baeza, uh, like last year or something like that. Like he was very emotional, worked really, really hard to get himself back to the point where he could get that win. After his fight before that, he got knocked out really quickly by Li Jingliang. So Ponzinibbio, like he is going to be taking this very seriously. This is a massive fight for him. As I've mentioned, all his fights are really big deal in South America. And this has a good feel about it. Like, this is a fight I'm sure is a really big one that everyone in South America is keen to see. The Argentinian number 14 ranked Santiago Ponzinibbio up against the capoeira style Michelle Pereira looking to take that spot inside the top 15. Well, there we go. We got a guy cheering with the Argentinian flag. Woohoo! Uh, the vibes immaculate. Herb Dean seems like the perfect choice to ref this. Good as well. Last week, JJ and I, I was saying, I think, Horbdean and you were saying Hebe Dern or something. Uh, so yeah, it's it's we've practiced all week. We sat down a couple of sessions through the week and just Herb Dean and Herb <laughs> Dean. So we got it and this co-main event is on taking Michelle Pereira by decision. I think if Ponzinibbio gets it done, it's going to be a big knockout. So no doubt one of the fight of the night contenders. Let's get right into it. 
Okay, 15 minutes is up. As expected, that is the fight of the night right there. As I said, I did miss a couple of the fights on the prelims, but I would be very surprised if these two men don't collect that bonus check. Fight of the night. Incredible showing from both, and they were swinging wildly in the last minute there, giving it everything they've got. Very, very close fight as well. I won't complain whichever way the judges see it, but in my opinion, oh, it's really tough. I think Michelle Pereira won the first round. I actually think Ponzinibbio looked a bit better in the second. And then Pereira, he had his moments in the third, but they just kept exchanging. So Santiago landing plenty. Big, big welts on both men's faces. And this is really tough to call. I'm going to say Pereira has done enough to get the decision win, but I'm not going to complain. There will be no robbery regardless. I think both men have done enough to feel like they should be able to get their hand raised. But from what I saw, and I did pick and put money on Pereira by decision, so maybe a biased lens, but I think Pereira's just done enough to get his hand raised. But I don't know. This could be a split decision. Ponzinibbio could win, so... We'll sit down, we'll watch the decision, and as we've done today, JJ will come back with some thoughts and comments on, yeah, how the judges have seen this one. I've seen it as Pereira getting it done, but yeah, very, very close fight. Definitely the fight of the night. Alrighty, and it's a split decision in the end. Pereira getting his hand raised, at least one judge. Seeing it for Ponzinibbio, and I can definitely see how that was the case. Ponzinibbio, he, he definitely didn't win the first round, but in the second and third rounds, he warmed into the rounds nicely, especially in the second round where he got a takedown near the end of the round there. But extremely important win for Pereira. He That should catapult him into the rankings, I believe. Um, yeah, an epic clash for sure. There, nothing was left out there. They they were swung wildly at the end. It was up in the air who was going to win. Um, yeah, definitely fight of the night for sure. Well, now that leaves us with only one fight remaining. That is a really big woman's bantamweight fight. The winner can probably stake a claim to be the next challenger. Irene Aldana hasn't been overly active. Uh, and yeah, the winner of this could definitely be in the conversation. Obviously, you've got Amanda Nunes and the champion Juliana Pena. Currently, the ultimate fighter season running its course. I've only seen one episode with JJ. I am going to get into it and watch them all. I have heard it's not been so good so far, but I enjoy it. I always love watching the ultimate fighter. And then obviously there's going to be the rematch at the end of that. But for the winner here, here, uh, they seem, it seems like the winner could potentially just hold off. Like Holly Holm hasn't been super active anyway. And if the winner here just holds off, they could potentially wait. Like, if Juliana Pena beats Amanda Nunes, then the winner of this could conceivably be next in line for a title shot. So this has a real main event feel about it. You have the number two ranked women's bantamweight, Holly Holm, who's also spent some time up at featherweight, has the size advantages, up against Ketlin Vieira, who I think is the underdog with the most potential to win tonight. She is ranked number five in the division, coming off a main event win over Misha Tate. And look, she has the jiu-jitsu skills that I think can really trouble Holly Holm. Like, I think this is a great stylistic matchup for a main event. They are much more evenly matched than the odds suggest on the betting market, with Holly Holm being quite a clear favorite. 
Now, I've taken Holly Holm to win by decision. I can also see her getting it done by knockout, but I think ultimately this one's going to go the full distance, all 25 minutes, and that's where I think it gets kind of tricky because I can see Ketlin Vieira winning three of these rounds. I think she does have the skills. That's why she's in this main event position. She's spoken about how she has the hunger. She's already faced two former champions in her time in the UFC. She has the highest takedown defense in the UFC bantamweight history with 90%, the third most wins since 2016 with six, and the seventh most takedowns in UFC bantamweight history with 13. The first ever Brazilian female fighter to be signed to the UFC as well. Uh, so yeah, just unbelievable. She's worked really hard to get here. She's spoken about how the hunger of not having been in that title fight, that's what's driving her. And she believes that gives her an edge over Holly Holm, who she's been there and she's done it and she wants to get back there. But Ketlin Vieira, she's still on that journey. She's still on that chase. So that could definitely play a factor. Ketlin Vieira, I believe, is a massive chance to win here. But I'm taking Holly Holm by decision. Five rounds, it's quality about a main event. It gives you enough time to distinguish who the winner is. Uh, I can see a Ketlin Vieira submission win. I can see a Holly Holm knockout win. Ultimately, usually these Apex ones, they do pace themselves and they take that five round experience, especially in Vieira's case. So I'm leaning toward this one going the distance. Holly Holm, look, she has been there. She has done that. But I think ultimately her size advantage is going to play a factor. Uh, Ketlin will probably have the speed advantage. Holly with the experience advantage. But the Apex as well, it's much more of a raw fight. You don't have that crowd. You've got your corners and your strategy. And yeah, Holly Holm making the walk now. We saw Ketlin Vieira just walk out, very emotional. She seems like she's ready, but always hard to judge a fighter by their walkout. But Holly Holm making her way out now. And as we usually do for main events, myself and JJ will sit down at the end of each round and kind of we'll say where we think it's at. Like if it's super close, I probably won't bother scoring it. But this one seems like it will go the distance. So that does seem like a relevant part of it. So we'll try and keep tabs on kind of who had the better of each round as Holly Holm comes out now. So we'll kind of check their comeouts and everything. If that's even, that was barely English, but it was, it was English, English confirmed. Uh, so Holly Holm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Ketlin Vieira, the Brazilian, and myself and JJ, will be back at the end of the first round with some thoughts and comments. Okay, one round down the hatch. I'd give that one to Holly Holm. Ketlin Vieira looking quite good at the start. A lot of talks about the wizard kick or JJ saying potentially the lizard kick. Uh, we'll, we'll work that one out. But yeah, uh, a lot of wizard kick. That was kind of the chat. But Holly Holm, she took control. She held Ketlin up against the cage, defended every takedown attempt, which is Ketlin's specialty. I would go 1-0 to Holly Holm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she was had her up against the cage in control and just landing some knees Nothing major, like nothing deadly, but... Um, yeah, they talked about maybe like, you know, Paul Felder, if he's the ref, he would be breaking it up. Or DC was saying, like, do we start, you know, booing the ref in mm. the Apex? Which the Apex is pretty funny because you'd just be able to clearly hear that. Yeah, and we were chatting off air. I was saying that perhaps over five rounds there, give him a little bit more license to let those kind of situations play out. But we're about to jump into the second round now, so... Yeah, Holly Holm, 1-0 up. But yeah, another 20 minutes to go potentially. So we'll see how this second round plays out. 
Alright, second round in the books, and Vieira working way back into it for sure. Um, she, I think she landed a takedown there. She definitely had control for a bit. Even had Holm in a submission, in a, ch- uh, excuse me, in a choke, cranking. Holm's face. Yeah. yeah, you could see on Holm's face, like it was going red, like she was really in trouble. Kind of similar, not quite, but reminiscent of when Volkanovski got caught by Ortega like it was one of those moments where you can see it in their face they're like oh fuck it's I got seconds mm. seconds to make a move here but she showed showed champion grit there to, to break out of it and then ended up the round finishing much like the first up against the cage so um it's interesting could be it could be one all it could be one nil both women having great rounds like even home getting out of that choke is a major moment but Still, you've got to give points to Vieira for how tight that choke was locked in. And yeah, heading into the third round, there's three rounds now. It's, it, you never know. You don't want to leave it to the judges. And we presume this one is going to the judges. So I'll, I'll say one all just to be safe. Uh, but Holm could definitely have the 2-0 advantage. So Vieira definitely got to start moving now. All right, after that round, Ketlin Vieira's corner, extremely fired up. Look, you'd have to think at the very least it's 2-1 to Holly Holm after that round. Could very well be 3-0. So now Ketlin Vieira has to move. Biggest 10 minutes of her career to date for Holly Holm. She's been there before. She is a main event level fighter. And she's looking to get back there. I mean, she could definitely be next in line for a shot at Amanda Nunes or Juliana Pena. Maybe we see Irene Aldana. I'm not sure. I think they've already fought. I'll have to double check that. But Irene Aldana is the number one ranked. But she hasn't been super high high activity. So or had super high activity. So Holly Holm could jump into that number one rank. And this is very interesting. So Caitlin Vieira surely going to chase the finish. But Holly Holm looks like she has the composure and experience to get it done. Fourth round underway now. So 10 minutes left for Vieira. We'll check back in at the end of round four. Alrighty, fourth round down, first of the championships rounds in the books. And this one, Holm decided to keep more on the feet, exchange, come in with those combinations and attack Vieira that way, whereas in the previous round she was doing more work up against the cage. Um, Vieira exchanged a little bit. I don't know if she landed any significant. I think Holm got that round, so in our pseudo scorebook we'll say 3-1. Going into the last, so Vieira will have to chase the finish. It'll be interesting to see, uh, with Holmes' experience, how she tackles this fifth round, whether she kind of goes back to up against the cage, whether she stands and bangs like she did in that last round. But it's been a pretty good fight so far. Um, Yeah, can't wait to jump into this last round. Just a quick note going into the fifth round as well. Looking at a lot of tweets, a lot of people seeing it differently to us. Many people seeing it two apiece heading into this final round so very very interesting Ketlin Vieira in the first minute of this last round as well has actually looked the better of the two so maybe this is closer than we imagined and all of a sudden uh, that makes this last four minutes incredibly important so we'll check back in at the end of this fight there could be a finish but wow if it is is that close then all of a sudden this is a massive massive round I still have home ahead but yeah, a lot of people seeing it to all. So we'll see how this goes. Oakley Doakley, neighborino. Um, Kellen Vieira's corner is, is pissed. I don't know. I'm going to judge this as like a whole five round fight. Like while Kellen Vieira had some very good moments, I do think this was a lot closer. Maybe than myself and JJ were seeing it. 
Overall, I just have Holly Holm for the victory. Uh, I think the fifth round, like, Ketlin started really well, but Holly Holm had nearly 10 minutes of control time up against that cage, which the judges favor quite heavily. I think Holly Holm's done enough. JJ, I think you see it the same way as I do. Yeah, it's just a smartly fought fight, I thought, from Holmes. Uh, definitely showing her championship pedigree there. Um, she she didn't, like, just totally take it up against the cage. Like, in that fourth round there, she definitely showed that she could bang. And I think that was enough of a statement for, in the fifth round, uh, to, for her just kind of close it out. So I expect her to get her hand raised, but... We'll see how the the judges score it, I guess. Yeah, they say you don't want to leave it to the judges, so there always is that chance. But the way I've seen it, Holly Holm has done enough to get the victory. It will be interesting to see the interview as well if she gets up, because most definitely lays claim to a title shot. Uh, 10 minutes and 3 seconds of clinch control time, up against less than a minute for seasoned grappler Ketlin Vieira. More clinch strikes, 114 clinch strikes from Holm. And for distance head strikes, Vieira... She was up, but I think that control time and the clinch strikes, ultimately that is what is going to give Holm the edge. So I'm taking Holm to get the win. We're going to tune in for the official decision now. Mike Bell scores at 48-47. Your winner by split decision, Kevin! Oh my god, really? Okay. Oh wow, there we go. So... Ketlin Vieira getting it done split decision. As I said, you don't want to leave it to the judges. It was close. There was, I'm not going to say any robberies or anything like that. It was very close. You don't want to leave it to the judges. And look, they liked what they saw from Ketlin Vieira. So a huge win for her. We have our textbook guy who translates all the Brazilians. What a guy. Huge fan of his. I may have to work out what his Instagram is. Start following him. So we're going to check what Ketlin Vieira has to say. And then we'll wrap up our UFC fight night thoughts and comments. Okay, quick side note as well. Even in the Apex, the foreigners can't escape the booze. Uh, fucking grow up, honestly. Maybe in a stadium, like Apex, has a boo. Was that DC? Is that Daniel Cormier down on the commentary desk? I don't know who that is, but fucking, like, yeah, that's a bit of a grow up, honestly. She's just fought for, like, 25 minutes, and you're gonna boo her? Uh, yeah, fuck that guy. It sounded like a guy. It doesn't seem like something a woman does that's more like male behavior. Kind of like primitive ape, like caveman. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Boo. Like, why? I, get, I reckon, like, if you asked, maybe the answer wouldn't outright be, but it'd be like, because she's Brazilian. Like, what? She's not from America. Like, fuck. Okay. Anyway, that was my quick side note. All right. An understandably disappointed Holly Holm. She actually, her take was much like I saw it. Um, she, she gave the second round to Vieira and thought she'd got the other rounds, which is pr- pretty much exactly how I saw it. So a little curious from the judges. We did see the highlights um, of Vieira. She certainly landed some significant strikes, but none that really rocked uh, home, I thought. The only uh, knockdown, I think, was a, from a home body kick uh, at one point. The second round was definitely impressive from Vieira, no doubt, but... Yeah, I don't know really how to digest that entirely, but it was a good contest. Um, it'd be interesting to see, see who they match Vieira up next week. It'd be interesting to see where home goes from here. Um, I'll throw it over to Mick to wrap it up with his thoughts, but uh, a good fight night overall, especially some exciting early prelims as well. Um, a great uh, knockout from Chidi. That was awesome. An epic fight with Pereira. 
yeah, some good fights tonight, especially for a fight night in the Apex, and there was definitely a vibe with the crowd going, so, yeah. All right, so, yeah, my final thoughts. Um, most of the prelims I was sleeping. I will go back and watch some of them. Uh, yeah, main event, I thought home one, but I, I'm not, like, one of those fans. It's bullshit when you see any close decision fight and all the fans are like, that was a robbery. Like, this one doesn't reek of any judge fuckery. <clears throat> this simple lesson... This is why you don't want to leave it to the judges. And these Apex main events seem to always go the five rounds. You don't want to leave it to the judges. This is why, sir. Textbook lesson. Holly Holmes, she thought she won, but look, she's experienced enough to know. You leave it to the judges, these things can happen. So, that yeah, I'm happy to say Ketlin Vieira gets the win. Does that get her the next title shot? Well, potentially it does, but we don't know what happens in Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. If Nunes gets the win, do they run it back for an immediate trilogy? Maybe they go for a fresh contender. I would like to see them go Irene Aldana up against Ketlin Vieira. Aldana, I believe at this point, still the number one ranked. Although Nunes is probably, so maybe Aldana's number three. I'm not sure exactly where that all stands. Um, but I would like to see Aldana versus Ketlin Vieira. I think that makes sense. But, I w like, it's not going to be bad if Vera just waits it out and sees if she can get the title shot. So I think she'll wait and see. If Pena gets the win there, then Vera vs. Pena could potentially make a lot of sense. So we get some clarity in the women's bantamweight division. As for Holly Holm, she's fought in the featherweight division as well. Maybe she goes up. Uh, we don't know exactly what the long-term future of the women's featherweight division is in the UFC. So, yeah, as for the next move for Holly Holm... Uh, maybe another fight night main event against a credible challenger, or maybe we see her on pay-per-view. Uh, but we'll wait and see what Holly Holmes' next move is. She is 40, so she's earned enough time to just go wait and see what her next move is. But for Ketlin Vieira, massive win in the main event. For my um, Michelle sorry, Pereira, a huge win in the co-main event to get himself in the top 15. I am a massive fan of his. That was his best showing yet. Really, really impressed with him. He's made his way into the rankings. And he's such an exciting fighter. Like, I think that was fight of the night. So, such an exciting fighter. I'd say we'll see him on pay-per-view next against a fellow ranked opponent, which should be an extremely incredible bout. We've got some great ones coming up. Neil Magny versus Shavkat Rachmanov is a real low-key banger that I am very excited for. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, a couple of people calling him out recently, including... Someone tonight, I'm just trying to think. I think it was Pereira who called out Masvidal. I think Masvidal a little bit further ahead in the rankings. So I don't think they'll go for that. I think they'll go for a big money matchup. But hey, Pereira is one hell of an exciting fighter. So if he works his way to that top 10, anyone's fair game. Because he always puts on a great showing. Uh, but maybe the next step is a five-round main event on a UFC fight night. I think that could definitely be a chance but I'm a huge fan of Pereira's he gets the win over Santiago Ponzinibbio and Chidi and Joe Kawani with the moment of the night as I said I didn't see all the prelims I think maybe Almeida with his submission win or Joseph Holmes might get a uh, bonus check but definitely Chidi and Joe Kawani gonna rack up another bonus check that is $100,000 in bonuses racked up through two performances lasting less than 10 minutes. So he's a moneymaker, this Chitty Bang Bang. And yeah, I am mostly excited out of everyone. And I'm a huge fan of Michelle Pereira's, but 
If there is anyone coming off this card that I am super, super excited about, it is Chitty in Jokawani. JL10, I'm Almeida. He's another one that I'm super pumped for, but in the middleweight division, there is absolutely room for somebody to emerge and become a contender. And like, look, this is thinking way down the track, but imagine something like Israel Adesanya versus Chitty and Jokawani. That sounds like a pretty fun matchup. I think his best bet is to like, yeah, he's won these two, maybe face someone a little bit better, but like the guys he's faced are high caliber. So maybe you step it up just a little bit, let him get that third win. And then this guy seems ready to like make a run for the rankings most definitely. So, I mean, Chidi and Jokawani, very, very impressive. He has been one of the main ones to watch this year along with someone like Andre Fialo, who has been announced he's backing up. He's coming back for the Singapore card, UFC 275. And speaking of that, uh, I'm going to be going on like a two-week holiday, but I will be taking my laptop, so I'll be covering that card, and I'll also be covering the fight night, Alexander Volkov versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. There's going to be a one-week break, so no UFC during next week, which is perfect, gives me my chance to move out of this house and have it all perfectly set up going forward for the UFC content. So very, very excited about that. Next week, obviously no UFC. I'm still going to be pumping out plenty of podcasts as well as other stuff over on the Instagram. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at not just a sports report and also follow us on whatever podcast platform you've listened to this on. You'll be able to see as soon as the next UFC stuff comes out. I'm going to be posting some UFC content over on the Instagram, maybe some news, fight announcements, things like that, just to get everyone hyped. And then, yeah, I'll be back from Volkov, Rosenstrike onwards. JJ, I think I'll be going on holiday the day after that. So I'm hoping myself and JJ can sit down for thoughts and comments of that one. And then, yeah, UFC 275. It's going to be massive. I'll cover that potentially with a mate up in Brisbane. And then after that, new house, regular programming, better than ever. JJ and I will be sitting down for all the cards, thoughts and comments. I'll be doing the preview and predictions through the week. So get ready, because this has been the final, <clears throat> excuse me, final throat clearing. Uh, the final podcast in the era of living in this house with, look, I'm not going to get into it too much, but just like housemate, great guy. Loudest guy on the fucking block, though, and very, very loud. Does not give a fuck about the podcast. This isn't me being like, mama, it's okay. Like, it's okay. He's a nice guy. But, like, he doesn't give a fuck about the podcast, and he blasts music. So that is why the preview and predictions are usually late, and why a lot of the stuff is usually late, and why I'm moving out. So from now on, nothing is going to be late. I'm not actually salty. He's a good guy. He just likes to play loud music. I like to podcast. He doesn't give a fuck. I no longer give a fuck, apparently. Uh, and that that's why, yeah, just to clear you in on some inside info, this is why it is super exciting because the next move means that I can just record everything, get it out there. There's still going to be music. The actually, Brazilian funk seems like it is on the cards. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, definitely... From now on, I'm going to have time to do my tape. I'm going to have time to record. I'm not going to have to worry about is there music blasting, which the answer is almost always yes. And yeah, I'm just going to get to put these out on time. That's going to open up more time to do other things. Exciting. I'm excited. This has been the last podcast of the fucking 
frustration era and now welcome to the excitement era so that that podcast frustration era over as you can tell by the sound of my voice it is now the i don't even know positivity stage two super stoked and shit yeah shit's about to take off so if you like this ufc podcast trust me they are about to get a hell of a lot better as for the reasons i just told you uh, sorry if you're listening to my housemate, uh, but he's not because he doesn't give a fuck about the podcast. So thank you. Uh, yeah. And yeah, you gave a fuck about it enough to listen to this point. And even if you don't give a fuck about it, you know, who else doesn't give a fuck me because I'm super stoked right now. So thank you for listening. I hope you're super stoked. If you're not, well, look, I, I don't know what to do about that. Hit me up on Instagram at not just a sports report. We'll see what we can do. I will not send money though, unfortunately, but I can offer offer support because I'm super stoked. So signing off, I'll be back when the UFC returns. Plenty of other shit coming out until then, but this has been UFC Thoughts and Comments. It's also been apparently my house life thoughts and comments right at the end there. But fuck it, it's my podcast. It's unconventional. And I don't really get to say it. It's just my podcasts come out late. Sometimes they don't come out. And the whole aim is to get them out on time. So that was why they haven't been out on time. This is why they are now going to come out on time. And thanks for listening. Have a great week.